Evolve into Power is a podcast on a mission to highlight Central Florida's community and business leaders in hopes of sharing the lessons they've learned with you all to help you evolve into power. Today's episode, Max and his wife, Dr. Alicia Clercius, were joined by Carlos Carbonell, the CEO and founder of Echo Interactive Group, the most proficient mobile app development firm in Central Florida. Carlos graduated from the University of Florida in 1997 and started his career in advertising sales. In 2008, he founded Echo and has led his team in creating over 200 mobile apps. Here's his story. We hope you enjoy. Today we have uh, Carlos Carbonell with us. Uh, uh, for those of you who's been living under a rock, uh, Carlos is the founder of Echo, uh, which has launched successfully over 100 different uh, mobile apps for uh, various companies, which I'm sure he'll mention here in a bit. Uh, he's been featured on the Wall Street Journal, Orlando Business Journal, Orlando Sentinel, uh, El Sentinel, Fox News, Univision, Telemundo. Uh, the list is absolutely endless. Carlos, uh, thank you for being on the show with us today. No, thank you. I'm, I'm honored and, and uh, excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Now, we'd like to kind of dive right in, Carlos. Give us a little bit of your background. Did you always know you were going to do something like this? Or uh, what did you want to do when you were seven? Specifically, when I was seven, I wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> um, like a lot of kids, right? I was enamored with dinosaurs, and, and it, but also science. And uh, I stuck to that dream a little bit too long until I was about 13, 14. Uh, but still, I just that that actually led me to have a strong interest in in uh, science. So it's um, uh, you know I think a blessing that I had that type of interest. Sure, absolutely. So um, now, how did you get into this? Uh, obviously, with what you're doing now, you've obviously very successful. Launched over a hundred different apps. Uh, what got you started on that journey? Well, there's a, a there's the journey in the path of developing mobile applications and running a team uh, that develops mobile application and technology, and then the entrepreneurial path. And I think that those are you know two different paths, um, and they didn't necessarily happen in tandem. Because I started the company when the you know the the last recession, right? Because I'm going to call what we're going through right now a recession. So, Certainly, you know, went through the Great Recession and uh, extremely turbulent times, as as you all can remember. Um, you're probably much younger, but I was, <laughs> a, a, you know, mid career and doing well at a company that uh, um, actually had started a digital agency and on the digital side of the company, but it still imploded. I was running a team doing project management and client service, and um, I decided to go ahead and just uh, dive right in and start a company. Um, it was uh, by necessity, uh, because of the role that I had and the state of Orlando back then in terms of support for entrepreneurship and, and the tech and digital industry, I, uh, you know, I was leaning towards moving neither to Miami or New York um, and other bigger hubs, but I really love Orlando and I was already very vested in uh, Central Florida and everything that was going on. So I uh, decided to start my own thing and start a company. Um, the, the, the path into developing mobile applications happened because I think the common tie between entrepreneurs is that we look for opportunity 
where there's somebody, sometimes no opportunity, right? Right. And, um, you know, I started doing social media campaign management, uh, uh, software development of other types um, and running teams that were doing all this, right? And uh, and that's what I'm good at. I I bring the smart people to the table. (laughs) Um, And um, the iPhone had just come out and the App Store had just been launched. Because when the iPhone came out, there was no App Store yet. It was just partnerships with big brands. When the App Store came out, that really gave way to a whole new ecosystem and a new economy. Sure. And because of our passion for technology, and, and we already had the, the know-how as far as software development, um, but we decided to start doing mobile applications and, and uh, pitching them to different clients. And uh, quickly thereafter, we just uh, completely laser focused in mobile application development. That's amazing. And you mentioned something I want to kind of touch base on real quick. You said all of this started out of necessity, right? Uh, When people find themselves in a difficult situation, you mentioned the Great Recession. We're here again. COVID-19 has kind of put us in that. Even way before COVID, we were heading towards that path. What would spark you not to seek security, right? False security, nine to five, you corporate mm-hmm. America, and to uh, endeavor to embark such a, let's just say as entrepreneurs, we know sometimes unstable uh, uh, um, path that has not been forced out yet. What would, what would uh, 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 force you to, to go down that path? Well, I think it, this may sound terrible and pessimistic, but it, it, you know, the principle of, you know, once you've hit bottom, then, you know, where else is there to go but up? That's right. <laughs> so when, when you know at that point, you know, you, you, I think, to a degree, are able to take bigger risks. Um, you know, there's nothing to lose, so there's that mentality. Um, but also, I think, you we're not born entrepreneurs, but we are born as resourceful individuals. I think that that's truly what separates us from any other species is that we're able to change our environment. Um, and uh, I think that I, I started feeling that, well, you know, I could change my environment. I don't have to move. I don't have to look for a job. I could either, you know, create those two things, you know, that environment and a job. Now that's not, and everybody says today, you should not start a company to give yourself a job. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to call BS on that because yeah. I think that everybody needs to experiment with creating their own path. So whether you call it a company that's going to have an exit strategy, scalability, and you're going to become wealthy beyond your wildest dreams, or you really just don't want to work for nobody. That's okay. <laughs> and I think that that's where I was at mentally and psychologically and um, I decided to go ahead and take a risk. I had literally no other fallback plan other than if it don't work then I guess I'm gonna go bad groceries at public. <laughs> but in in, in, in but you took the chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Took the chance. But and there's I a, really was no different than anybody else. There's a saying that there's no such thing as a recession. You know a re- a so called recession is, is the greatest ideas that people come up with pretty much. <laughs> so kind of tell us some of the obstacles that you had to encounter in order to get where you're at. Well, this was a decade ago, right? Or over that and a little over a decade ago. And I think that there was uh, uh, less in the form of uh, inspiration and role models, uh, not just for people like me, but for everyone. I mean, I think that you have seen the dot-com boom and then you have seen you know, all these companies coming out of Silicon Valley, but it was just starting. 
you know, this whole wave of rock star entrepreneurs and Mark Zuckerberg's and Elon Musk mm-hmm. and, and all these people that we see now and maybe, you know, they're false idols to a degree, um, but they, you know, they did, that didn't exist back then. You know, so we only thought, all right, you have to start a business. You may fail. You may not. How do you go about it? They were some resources, but, you know, you really didn't know how to find them and really didn't understand that concept. So some of the hardships that I've had related to, again, I had very little in the way of role models other than the bosses that I had had before that ran companies, and they were all traditional old school companies. Um, And I really had to carve my own path, uh, absorb information however I could, and experiment. Um, And that, thankfully, is not how it is today. You know, you do have to do that to a degree, but there are plenty of resources and information that people could absorb. Absolutely. Carlos, uh, I I mean, let me brag on you for a little bit. I, I have to take this opportunity to brag on you. Uh, you've certainly been uh, nominated as uh, Orlando's f- uh, 50 most powerful people. Uh, at a point, you were Orlando's 40 under 40. You know, uh, talk to the person out there that says, you know, there's no way. That guy is one in a million. We, we can't do that. But you're the living example that it can absolutely be done. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, certainly I can't have, a, a, you know, false humility and, and say I am deeply humbled and honored because I worked hard to get to that place. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, we all have, and, and, and you're all entrepreneurs, and, and this is very common amongst women and minorities, we have that imposter syndrome. What the heck am I doing here? Do I really deserve this? Right. And, you know, I had that for a long time. Every time there was a new accolade and now there's a new one that, uh, uh, you know, selected as um, one of, uh, by Florida Trend Magazine, is, is one of Florida's 500 most influential business people. Congratulations. And, thank you. And, you know, I only say that I only leverage that now for additional access that could help myself, my company, and others. Um, but, but the reality is that I, I, I did work very hard at getting to that place by establishing connections, by doing hard work, by um, helping people and by getting to a point that I think that, you know, people heard my voice because I'm certainly not the traditional business owner or individual that gets nominated for those accolades. But what I'd like to say to others, you know, these are just words on paper. These are just things that are, you know, meaningless to the degree that, that I was just visible and people found me. I think there are plenty of other people that are doing great, amazing things. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, with the right connections and the right people that, that perhaps provide you access, you know, one could get those accolades as well. That's fantastic. Who would you say, go ahead. Go ahead. who would you say are the, the most influential people in your life right now? Cause right now it, you have a, a vast, um, resume pretty Absolutely. much, you know, as, uh, Mr. Clarice has mentioned and you're on several boards. Um, Orlando Economic Partnership, One Orlando Alliance, Orlando City Foundation, Orlando Regional Tech Association, and the list goes on. So kind of tell us three influential people that have helped you along the way. Um, Well, I think my grandfather is a huge, huge, huge role model for me. Um, He was actually, uh, you know, essentially welcome to a family. (laughs) you know, adopted, essentially, 
Um, and uh, he's extremely poor. You know, he always used to tell the story that all his belongings fit in a shoebox. And they did. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> but those are the people was, that work the hardest. Absolutely. Yes. He was absolutely. He was a, you know, a dark skinned, uh, poor, uneducated man in Panama where I grew up. And, uh, you know, he really put himself out there and made a name for himself and, you know, That's helped terrific. people and establish connections and was able to put himself through college and uh, started a very, very successful engineering firm in Panama and became extremely well known for his philanthropic efforts, Fantastic. business success, but also for putting Panama on the map as it Fantastic. related to his industry. I love, mm -hmm. I love stories um, like this. Yeah, and you know, the, this is what's important also to, to not, not give false hope to kids and tell them they're awesome or anything of the like, but really hone in on what you already see on that child that could be right. uh, focused on and helped and, and, mm -hmm. and provide inspiration because uh, no, no disrespect to anybody else in my family, but he was the first person to say that I was smart, intelligent, and that there's something there. Yeah. He would just say that, you know, you're right. special. There's Plant something that little there. seed, drop a little seed mm -hmm. in there. Planted that seed. And uh, that led to me really observing everything that he did and I think I model my, not just my, you know, the role as a businessman, but my role in the community after him, uh, because he really started focusing on helping people, anybody who needed help, whether it's a job or getting a job or, or money, uh, you know, that, that's what he focused on. Uh, when he passed away, uh, uh, sadly, uh, and this is a, a while ago, um, I went back to Panama for his funeral and I was overwhelmed. Um, hmm. There were 300 people, over 300 people at his That's funeral. There's a street named after him. That's amazing. I didn't even yeah. know the, 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 <laughs> the vastness of his network, but also how many people he helped. And I think for me, that served as an inspiration um, and a foundation for my um, entrepreneurial endeavors and community involvement. As Seth Gooden in his book, uh, Lynchpin, talks about uh, the difference between an artist and a painter. You mentioned something I want to kind of touch base on. And then uh, Wallace Waddles in his book, The Science of Getting Rich, talks about it's not ultimately what you do, but how you're doing it. You said earlier that there are quite a bit of people doing some of the things that you're doing. Uh, what, what aspect, what did you do differently, right? Because not necessarily competition, because I see you as an artist, as a creator. Even me in my business, I don't like competing with people. I just go into my mental faculties and I create the changes, as you said earlier, that I want. What ultimately separated you, whether it was your mindset, what separated you from the quagmire of everything else that was going on, on around you? Uh, well, um, wonderful question. And I like the example of the artist um, versus a painter, and I, I really do consider myself an artist. I do actually <laughs> uh, really actually create art and, and, and paint and draw and all sorts of things. And I actually just had some of my pieces at, at the Orlando Museum of Art for an exhibit. So, um, and, it, it, and by the way, I think everybody's creative. There's this fallacy that, you know, only some people are created because you see some degree of technical skill, but Again, this is what separates us from all their species is we have that creativity, we change over environment, you know, we could absorb information, interpret it, and everybody could interpret it differently. And right. that in itself is creativity. Um, I think that perhaps what separates me from, from other people and, or, or other competitors, again, maybe this isn't overly, you know, technical or 
business related answer and maybe a little bit more philosophical uh, because that's what the, the point I am, I am in my life. Um, but I really do things uh, with the ultimate goal of helping people. Um, my three, my three principles in life are helping people, making money and having fun. Um, and I think that I infuse everything with all those three to some degree. And I think that if, if, if I'm helping my team members, my employees take care of their families, it's fulfilling a goal. If I'm helping that client or if I'm helping my community or my, uh, 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 region elevate itself, which is a big passion of mine, and be seen as the tech hub, then I'm doing things right. Um, and I know that in the, especially in the tech industry, there's this over-focus, I'm not hating on it, but there's this, this uh, incredible focus on, I'm going to have an exit. I'm going to be the next XYZ. Um, and that sometimes uh, opaques other principles that an, an entrepreneur should have uh, based on, you know, creating good work, uh, making a meaningful change in your community, absolutely, helping everybody around you. And that's what drives me. And I think that to some degree, I'm, I hope that people feel it, those who work with me, for me, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, are exposed to, you know, what I do and say. Absolutely. I, I, and I don't think that, and you said it best, and I love that. You, you could have said... Uh, you know, you could have put those three lists in reverse, but again, it is about helping people because the more people you help, Jim Ron says it, the more lives you touch, it's like it's the law of reciprocity. It's you, you give first in order to receive. Right. So, so it's, uh, that's fantastic. Carlos, if you can have dinner with three people, dead or alive today, who would they be and for what reason? Um, my grandfather. I think there was so much left unsaid and I really didn't tap into him as far as with the business side. I mean, he, he passed away before I started my business and I think he would have been incredibly proud. Um, I'm also a, there's the, maybe more than three people I'd like to have dinner with, but <laughs> you know, right now I'm pretty, pretty intrigued with uh, Eckhart Tolle and mm. his uh, musings and, and, and teachings. Um, yeah. Eckhart is uh, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just in love with Michelle Obama. And I used to not be a really big fan of audiobooks. I love podcasts, actually. I really have a consumer of podcasts. Um, but um, but I, had, I, I heard her on a podcast. And I was going to get her book, but I heard her on a podcast, Two Dope Queen, just an amazing <laughs> podcast. It's a little irreverent. It's not for everybody. Um, and, um, and she read part of her book. And I thought, of course, I'm going to get the audiobook. She's going to she's going to talk to me. She's going to read to me, read me her book. Um, and it was really life changing. I was really impressed and moved, and I, I would just love to meet her. Let's let's uh, let's uh, pause a little bit. I noticed that a lot of people that we have on the show, like you said, uh, you a little bit earlier, uh, you're at that point in your life where. Uh, I'm going to assume you're a little bit more introspective. You're, you're self-reflecting, really finding out the meaning of life. What is it about Eckhart? I know what it is for me. Uh, uh, what is it about Eckhart or, uh, you know, knowledge of self, being at peace with, uh, with, with the world around you? What is it? Um, how do you see that uh, uh, having an effect in your business, in your thinking, in your process, in your decision making? 
really good question. I'm really glad that you've been exposed to his his principles. Um, I, you know, I think uh, that one has to focus on oneself to the degree that you've really had to push yourself to become a better individual, become a better human before you could really do anything in life and have positive and meaningful change. Um, and I think that one of the biggest takeaways uh, from him is that, uh, you know, you really have to, in his own way, he says that you really have to let go and let God, right? Um, and whatever your beliefs are, um, it, you know, a higher power, whatever, the universe, and understand that you're not within control of everything. And whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And that's not to say that things are predetermined. Uh, but I think that understanding that in the world of business, there are going to be ups and downs and having that confidence that you will see it through, even in its worst moments, it's yeah. not going to be as bad. I think that that has helped me reach a little bit more of a, a, a serenity that I needed as a business person, because you're always in a rat race. Right. Um, yeah. And um, and, and, you know, understanding also concepts like the pain body and, you know, everything <laughs> that one carries that affects one's decision-making ability is, in, is extremely important to introspect because you're, when you're r- running a company, you have to take your position of leadership extremely seriously. You have to develop an empathy that you probably don't have to apply in any other absolutely path or profession absolutely um and i think I that agree. uh you know his, his principles have really helped me uh you know focus and and, and hone those uh, uh soft skills if you will and let me just pause right here to say to the leaders uh, you know if you're not uh, um uh reading eckhart tolle or listening to him somewhere you definitely should in his book uh, you know the Grab power the of now he always talks about mm-hmm. how to be present to be in the moment i know in my yeah. business I used to always get uh, focused as to what's going to happen in the future. Some of the things I have no control mm-hmm. about. Doing the right thing right now, staying in the moment, and focusing and letting nature just take its natural course. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I know yeah. for me, I like to listen to uh, Deepak. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but he's definitely helped me in my business. So talk to the listeners about how important it is to stay learning-based. To stay, stay, I'm sorry, learning? Learning base. You have to keep educating yourself. How important is that for an entrepreneur 100%. to keep educating themselves and, and to stay yeah. learning base? Yeah, I, I, it's extremely important. It, 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 the, the, one of the biggest commonalities between every successful individual and CEO is that they, they read voraciously. Um, and look, there's different forms of, of reading, right? Quote, unquote. Like I said, I just now got into audiobooks. I read like the tactile. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm in tech and I didn't even use the Kindle. It's like that tactile, you know, multi-sensory experience exactly. of reading. Um, but now I, I just, you know, consume tons of audiobooks and, and podcasts. Um, and it's not necessarily, I mean, yeah, I have my, you know, junk food books and podcasts yeah, so you gotta read uh, all do. Mental, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mental junk food and and sometimes even vapid self-help that has nothing to do with business but you really have to intersperse this with uh, you know some element that's congruent with your business number one and another one that's congruent with uh, career professional success or what's going on with the world as it relates sure. to business i'm a i'm a huge fan of of futurists as well. Um, I, I really enjoy Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, oh, yes. I, 
Yeah, he's <laughs> in, in, incredible. He's he's really. You know what? I'm gonna add him to the list of people I want to have to know. <laughs> <laughs> you only got three, but because it's you, yeah. you can add it. <laughs> right? And just to pause real quick, uh, um, I never used to be an avid reader, like you said, but I a, a few years ago, years ago, I heard that Warren Buffett reads no less than six hours a day. Yeah. And I said to myself, mm -hmm. if this guy, you know, who's you know, I don't need to mention Warren Buffett to anyone that's, that's listening, can read six hours a day. Who am I mm -hmm. to think that I know it all? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it just started that journey uh, for me then. And just like you, I, I'm not big on Kindle, but I have to sit down with a cup of coffee and a good book and I just kind of get lost. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, I am an, I, I wasn't into digital versions of, of books, but, uh, but I am an avid reader. I think that if there's one thing that helped me in life is um, I am not the smartest person. I, you know, my SATs were horrible. I went through, uh, you know, I came here late I, or as a, you know, older teenager and I didn't know English. So I was in ESOL classes and remedial English my whole high school career. Um, but I, you know, it, lore is that I learned to read at three and that started a whole lifelong passion for reading. So I've always read voraciously and I think that that is, that was my savior. Uh, yeah. Growing up poor in America, growing up as a, a Latino immigrant, I think, you know, in a not so amazing school system in South Florida, yeah. um, I think that having that empowerment through books and my own education and self-learning, I think, uh, you know, really has helped me throughout my whole life. Since you touched on your past and your childhood, kind of tell us what you would tell your 18-year-old self. Oh man. Um, <laughs> read more well, books. I would say yeah. <laughs> read more we books. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, try to try to find better people to be around. I think Absolutely. that, you know, it, when you're in environments and I have some great lifelong childhood friends, but I also was in an environment with, you know, a lot of people that didn't go to college, a lot of people that, you know, where education wasn't uh, their number one priority, um, you know, many immigrants, not first, second generation or only first, second generation immigrants, but immigrants, recent immigrants like me, where, you know, you're not, you're in unstable homes and finance, you know, the, the main focus is not education, but you still could find people. And I should have found people where that was their main focus. Sure. Um, I would have told myself to come out sooner and live my authentic life and, you know, not, not be, um, mired by this kind of self-victimization and and over-focused on, you know, whatever oppression society has over me, because I, I could have overcome all that a right. lot sooner. Um, and then I would I would tell myself to, you know, pivot quicker into what you want to do. I was okay. in civil engineering school. I was in engineering school at UF until my last year, and then I dropped out. <laughs> I should have dropped out sooner. <laughs> I love that. So Les Brown said you're actually you make within two to three thousand of who you hang around. So I mean the friends that you the company you keep pretty much you you really have to watch that. So kind of I want to shift a little bit from what we're talking about about the entrepreneurship and kind of tell us what people kind of misunderstand about you. Is there something that people don't get about you or that you want to comment on with that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was, you know, I've been telling people this more more often now because of uh, I'm I'm taking uh, quarantine very seriously, 
but I would quarantine myself even if there wasn't a virus. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell people I'm I'm really an, entre- I'm an uh, uh, introvert. Introvert. Right. And, and, you know, maybe a little bit in between, maybe a uh, gregarious introvert. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people see me out there and I do a lot of public speaking and, you know, panels, events. And I used to do a lot of networking and board work. And, you know, people just think that I'm this extroverted, outgoing individual, and, and I'm not. It's yet another thing that I've had to work really hard at, at overcoming initially, and now I'm at peace with it. I'm actually <laughs> I, just read a book called the Introverted Entrepreneur. <laughs> and you know what I love That's about terrific. that? I, I'm an extrovert, but when I look at, um, you know, men like Eckhart Tolle, and um, she mentioned Deepak, and any, anyone like that, they always go into a space of solitude, right? Because uh, uh, human beings are always taking in so much stimulus. Sometimes you need that time to be with yourself, to hear your thoughts, to actually hear what you really want and to hear what life is asking of you. So I'm an extrovert, but I often take time of solitude just to be with myself, to be with my thoughts and to kind of just process information. I'm like you, Carlos. (laughs) <laughs> I, I could tell yeah i'm, I'm just time. chill and laid back and you know yeah. i'm the introvert you can tell he, that's why we're a great couple and uh, let me ask you this uh carlos what would you say your biggest failure has been uh, uh, uh thus far and what have you learned from that failure well it, i think my my biggest failure and it's really hard to say that i don't i don't i know a lot of people say especially again in the startup and tech world fail fast and it's not a dirty word and embrace it but you know i just don't like that word period and and even even uh, you know thinking about past failures i mean maybe they're past mistakes but they're certainly not failures because i learned from them absolutely um, but i think that going back to how i started my company you know i made a lot of mistakes i made a lot of mistakes in you know how and, and where and what to focus um, what business partners to bring on to the table, um, what employees to have with me, what clients to have with me. And also, um, it was all self-funded. So I yeah. was bleeding money and <laughs> using my own money. And, uh, um, you know, I made, it, I made a lot of mistakes. But uh, again, you know, there was, I had no roadmap. I mean, no one has a roadmap mm-hmm. to, uh, in how to start a business. But, you know, I really had very little in the way of advice. So that, that led to... You know, a very, very rocky start for the company. Sure, sure. So, but like you said, it's it, you've learned. Uh, you know, Edison talks about mm-hmm. he learned each time. So he, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Go ahead. And Les Brown said that there's no secret to success. It's only a system to success. And in order to achieve that system, you have to work. And that's one four-letter word that most people do not like is work. And, and we can certainly see you're not afraid of the hard work, uh, Carlos. Right. You can definitely see that. And any entrepreneur... Yeah, yeah. And, and I've always said that. Um, and I, I said today when things have gotten tougher, I, I'm not afraid of, of I'm not afraid of work. So that mm-hmm. that's one thing and one trait that um, I'm actually pretty proud of that I don't care. I will always work in one way, shape or form. Going back to my grandfather, there is a video out there and you could find it if you type his name, Celso Carbonell. Um, uh, he actually ended up being in, in, in politics and ended up being the equivalent of the um, uh, Secretary of Transportation and Public Works. 
in Panama. I mean, this is a and man a... who started with a shoebox. I mean, I, I, exactly. I hope the listeners can hear yeah. this. This is a yeah. man who Incredible. started with a shoebox. It's not, and Carlos, sorry for interrupting you. I just want to make no, sure no, please. say that. This man started with a shoebox yeah. and he ended his life not only being a, a philanthropist, but to some degree in politics, there are no excuses. Yeah. You can yeah, achieve no what you put your mind to. Uh, go ahead, Carlos. Yeah, he ran for vice president of Panama at one time too. <laughs> Crazy. But he, uh, but, which I would, I would say something really quickly about the inspiration he gave me in that respect. Um, but he, there was a coup attempt. And he was interviewed by on television. It was all grainy black and white. And there's the only video of him that I've been able to find. And they ask him, well, what's next after this coup attempt and the instability in the country? And he said, well, we just have to get to work, get to work, <laughs> get to work. And get and to work. And he said it three times. And I just have, that is, that is just made an indelible mark in my psyche where I always go back to that. Things get, things get tough. You just have to get to work, get to work, get to work. Get to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, that, that is fantastic. That, you don't want to aspire just to something quick. I keep with me. Right. You don't want to aspire yeah, just yeah. to make a living. You want to aspire to be different. With, and to make a change. Right. right. Go ahead, Carl. I, I will say he also gave me this inspiration of not being afraid to get involved in politics. Um, I even, even before I was able to vote, before I was a naturalized citizen, I was uh, involved in campaigns. Um, and when I became an American citizen at the age of 23, so it, it, you know, it took a while, it's one of the proudest moments in my life, um, I really went in full force. I've helped in so many campaigns and gotten involved. And um, I, my views have changed on politicians today, but at one point, <laughs> I used to think that politicians were our heroes. I mean, they changed the world and have the ability to really mobilize and move people. Sure. Um, so the sad state currently where you know we've lost our statement and women right there, there are no statement statement you know there's just uh you know other other types of politicians absolutely um, but i think regardless of your political proclivity i think that one needs to get involved and you know try to find again you know the right elected officials and politicians that will inspire you and you know they're just humans and people like right. you and me and we could we you know we could get sure. to them we could connect with them and, you know, they're willing to do that. And having that, that interaction has been very meaningful for me. So I've helped in numerous campaigns. That has been, again, that is, I will never run for office. I'm saying it in your podcast right now. <laughs> it's but, Two years um, from now, we see you as. <laughs> that's no, all. Carlos. No, no. We'll, we'll, that. we'll vote for um, you. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I will always help uh, people get into office that I believe in. That's amazing. Carlos, where can people connect with you? Wow. Where can um, uh, social sites and uh, how, how do they get involved with, uh, with you to some degree? Yeah, well, I'd love to have people connect with me. I, you know, we've really uh, have a focus now on augmented reality and, and, and extra and AR. So if anybody wants to understand that world, which I think is going to be as transformative as social media has been and uh, smartphones and the app economy, um, they could find me at carlos at justeco.com, J-U-S-T-E-C-H-O.com, and also on LinkedIn. We'll add those in the carlos show notes. Well. Yeah, and, and uh, on LinkedIn, just 
shoot me a message and I'd love to connect with people, chat and have Zoom calls because that's what I'm going to be doing for probably the rest of my life. I like <laughs> Inside your bunker. <laughs> You're not coming out. You, you, you order DoorDash and that's, that's it. Get some Trays books. Under the door. Carlos, is there anything else you'd like to share? Something that's in your heart that uh, some piece of advice, some, some life-changing uh, counsel that you'd like to leave with the listener? Yeah, I, you know, I'm like I told you before the podcast, I'm really impressed, honored, and grateful that uh, as uh, um, a you know woman of color and as a, a person of color, Max, that you guys are having this podcast because there are not enough people, not enough minorities, not enough uh, female role models, black role models, and sure. uh, Latino, Hispanic role models, and LGBTQ role models. Uh, for entrepreneurs that sure. are like them. And sure. I think it's important that, um, that for those who are listening, who fall under those categories specifically, I'm speaking directly to you, find a mentor, find others that will inspire you mm -hmm. and uplift you and start your own company. Even if it's a side gig, you could do it. The world tells you you can't. Um, you may think that, you know, you, you, I'm never going to be like Oprah. It does not matter. I don't care if you start a barbershop. I don't care if you start a restaurant, yeah, uh, but I don't care what you do. You will learn and you will achieve and you'll do more, but please do it. And in remembrance of Carlos's grandfather, get to work, get to work, work, get to work. <laughs> Carlos, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. You left the viewers with a lot you. of great information. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you. Hey, podcast fans. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Evolve Into Power. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to get updates for future episodes. We'll see you next time.